And right there, right on that last verse, it said it was finished. Compare that to the, uh, you know, the John 19.30. It was also said it was finished. So I want us to just to focus on those two end points of those stories. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your word. We want to thank you that your word brings light into the darkness. We want to thank you that your word brings life into our lives. And this morning, Lord, as we open your word, that your word will speak to us. Speak through my mouth. Open our ears to hear. Open our minds to think out of what you want us to take home with us this morning. We ask, Lord, this morning that as we pay attention to your word, we want you to control our activities. All the distraction of this week, all the distraction of this morning, all the distraction around the world, we want to bind them up in the name of Jesus so that we may have fellowship with you, with your word this morning, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Lovely to be here again this morning. Oh my goodness. You seem to have got me for the last three weeks or so. Well, I am just so privileged to be here. Light, new life in dying breath. New life in dying breath. The context is Jesus hanging on the cross. And you can read all about the story of Jesus hanging there on the cross. And this was his last word. It is finished. That's the context of this morning. That's the context of what we want to be focusing on about our story this morning. Well, have you ever been at the bedside of someone about to die? And you cling to the last words wondering what final blessings they may impart. Or, perhaps when you finish a huge piece of work, like a major assignment, and you let out a sign, yeah! Well, if you're a student, you would. I am. At a latter part, that's what I say. It's finished! Such a relief, isn't it? Well, I can tell you folks this morning, nothing can compare to how Jesus must have felt when he uttered those Last three words. It is finished. Jesus knew he was suffering the crucifixion for a purpose. You know, in John 10, 18, Jesus said, No one takes my life away from me. I give it up of my own free will. I have the right to give it up and I have the right to take it back. This is what my Father has commanded me to do. Folks, I often think about that because here, right now, Jesus could have said, nah, he has authority over death. And this is what's significant about that particular verse for me. I have authority, Jesus was saying, over everything. So, I believe with absolute conviction that Jesus had a purpose in saying this last few words. So what were the last words? Well, we read in 1930, when he had finished the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. 
With that, he bowed his head, gave up his spirit. In the Gospel of Mark, it's Mark 15, 37, we read, With a, a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Well, many scholars say that this loud cry may have been those very last words that John records for us this morning. It is finished. There was a Christian writer by the name of Debbie McDaniel. And this is how she describes it, this last few words of Jesus. He spoke it out loud and he declared it to all to hear. He uttered a loud cry to his Father in heaven for the whole world to know. And for every evil force to flee for Christ's work on the cross was complete. Done. Accomplished. Paid in full. That's how she describes it. You know, last words have power and often deep meaning and significance. There's no doubt that Jesus knew what his last words needed to be here in this life. Right now, right here this morning, in this generation. He knew the power of those final words would have for generations still to come. And he had a great purpose in them, which still breathed such life and meaning for us here this morning and right across the world. The Spurgeon Bible explains it like this. Jesus became the final and ultimate sacrifice for our sin. The word finished is from the Greek word tetelesta. It's not Psalm 1. Tetelesta. That's the Greek word, and it simply means paid in full. And this is the essence of what Christ came to do. He came to finish God's work of salvation. And you can read it in Acts 16, 31. He came to pay it in full, the entire penalty or debt for our sin. Folks, Jesus is still at work today in a powerful way. William Willimon, in his book, Thank God It's Friday, emphasizes Jesus' words as achievement on the one hand and completion in the other. In other words, Jesus says simply that the purpose of his visit to planet Earth is now ending. You can look it up in Luke 19, 9 to 10. And achieving the purpose of his Father's desire for humanity to have fellowship with God. Oh, I love that last bit. For me to have fellowship with God. So Jesus ends, but then he says, you know what? I've now paved the way for you so you can have fellowship with God. This is a most welcome gesture for every one of us here this morning at Hope. To enjoy fellowship with God the Father that was not possible because of our sinful nature. Of course, God is holy. We're not. That's the whole thing. And Jesus needed to come down so that we can have fellowship with God. So that is, Jesus' sacrifice means that we can have this incredible fellowship with God. The good news is, folks, his work is complete, right? Amen. It is complete. His work is done. 
The battle is done. The war is completely won. The debt is completely paid. It is absolutely finished. That's our God. That's Jesus. Jesus' sixth uttering on the cross bears witness to his divinity and his humanity. His divinity and his humanity. So it is finished. It should be a celebratory statement that we are to receive in great triumph and joy this morning. It should be like that. We should receive it with great triumph and joy. You know, my feeling of relations, I kind of alluded to earlier on when I complete an assignment, as I am currently doing with my Knox study, is one of joy and happiness that it is finished. I struggle a lot with some of the things that I'm getting taught. But when I finish it, oh my goodness, I go, wow, this is it. Yes, that's what it is. Some of you may have experienced the feeling of completing a task and you feel so energized from completing it despite the efforts and the ups and downs. Can you identify with that? Especially the people that tells you, what are you doing? Get on with something else. And the feeling of completing such thing is such a fantastic thing. So I imagine Jesus and on his time at Gethsemane. And you read this beautiful narrative of Jesus with his disciple. And three times, three times, he went, he went up with his disciple three times. And you know what he prayed? He said, Lord, Father, can you just release this from me? I don't want to go this way. I don't want to die on the cross. Those are my own words. But I'm saying, I don't, if, if you can let this go, I'll be absolutely wrapped. First time, came back, his disciples were asleep. The second time, the same thing happened. And the third time, the same thing happened. But here on the cross, you imagine how you're thinking, oh, thank goodness I persevered. That's the point. He's like, you know, he's like that on the cross, and he's, his last words, and he's thinking, oh my goodness, thank you, I persevered. Why? Because you and I can have fellowship. That's the point. Imagining Jesus just facing the crowd, and there he was. I said to my wife, and I was thinking, you know, this is how the other alternative of looking at it, my, my, my thinking, that he was on the cross, right? And just take this as a picture. And the guy who was hammering his, his hand with nails, you imagine if Jesus just looked like this. Stop. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? But he didn't. He didn't. That's the obedience that we heard out in John 10, 18. I have authority. I have authority over this, guys. But in obedience to my Father, I'm just going to pursue with it. So you imagine how Jesus there. It is finished, invites us to ponder and reflect. Ponder and reflect God's goodness. To proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. 
and whose death means continuous fellowship with God all the time. And it's very similar to this fellowship that God had with Adam and Eve at the beginning before they disobeyed God. Here's a lovely little snippet, a little picture of how that was described, this fellowship with God. In Genesis 2.25, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They lived in a beautiful garden and enjoyed fellowship with their maker. What does that tell you about this fellowship that God had? When you read that story that Jesus, God came down, Adam, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. What do you want? You know, oh, oh, you're, all, you're having a good day. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how it was. That's how, if I can just put it in my words, this incredible fellowship that we could read about, that God came down and he was, until the time that he came down, and, and then we hear that Adam was hiding. Oh, what happened? The fellowship was broken. Lovely picture. It is finished, is not, I am done for, but is a cry of victory. A guy by the name of Stanley Aorus said those words. It is done. It is not, I am done, but is a cry of victory. It is Jesus' triumphant cry that what I came to do has been completed. All is completed. All is fulfilled. Creation has been restored on the cross. The covenant with Israel has been affirmed. Of course, you know your history. History was that Israel was God's chosen people. And folks, I want you, when you're having your prayer time, to pray for that nation. It's through them that the blessing of God has been overflowed to people like you and me, the non-Jewish people. Wonderful. For me this morning, as a child of God, it is finished as a reminder of the purpose of why Jesus came in the world, that I may have fellowship with God. Here's this lovely snippet from Romans 8. But God has shown us how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. By his blood we are now put right, reconciled, have fellowship with God. How much more then will we be saved by, from him, from God's anger? We were God's enemies, but he made us his friends through his, the death of his son Jesus. Lovely words, isn't it? Friends in Jesus. Friends, I mean, that, that, you know, I, I have lots of friends. They're good, good friends too. But when you're, you know, all of a sudden, oh, you're a friend of God? Isn't that fantastic? That we can say we're a friend of God, but only through Jesus Christ. Jesus' last words paints two pictures for me, folks. Two pictures. The first picture is the son's obedience and completeness being the visible assurance of our faith. Obedience and completeness being the visible assurance of our faith. We read in Matthew 28, 18. And here Jesus tells his disciple, All authority is given on earth has been given to me. All authority. 
as we alluded to earlier on. He could have said, mm, I'm not going through this. But he didn't. He had, that's the type of God he is. He has complete authority to do as he wants. The son's obedience and completeness is visible on the cross. Our faith is assured by events that have occurred, events that have been written about in the Old and the New Testament. Now here's the comparison. Abraham. God said to Abraham, leave. And he was having a faith based on some future understanding. What's happening today? We've got no excuse. Events have happened 2,000 years ago that Jesus and people, this is the story. We are witnessing to that. We didn't have to think, oh, is it going to happen? No, it has happened. And this is the bit I love. In three words, he has brought about the completion of the Old Testament prophets and symbols and foreshadowing of himself. Right from the Genesis, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Malachi, where there are 300 prophecies all being fulfilled by Jesus. From the seed who would crush the serpent's head, you know, in Genesis 3.15, to the suffering servant, as is described by Isaiah in Isaiah 53. You read those contrasting, so beautiful. John's Gospel's record of Jesus' uttering is a cause for you and I to celebrate. Of course we need to celebrate it. Think about it. We are living our faith with absolute assurance from the records of eyewitnesses of Jesus. John was said to be the oldest disciple of God, and he penned it. You know, you recall that we've just uh, had a, I preach here about one John, about the whole book of John. But the thing was about that is that he was so worried that the people were losing their faith in God in three generations. And he pinned it to say, hey, hold on to your faith. So think about it. It should motivate us to pursue our call and purpose of life. Earlier in the year, I spoke at Hope about getting back to the root, getting back to the heading to the warning from our GBS, God himself, to get to our destination. Well, perhaps this morning you may be about that. It may be about that. Get back to God. Get back to God. It may be resume your purpose in God. Resume your purpose in God. The picture of Jesus Christ having all authority on the cross is reaffirmation of pursuing your life's purpose this morning. Folks, if you're discouraged with your faith, this morning God is saying, forget it. Just get back to me. I will look after you. He doesn't hold on to things that you held yesterday. God is interested about helping you along this beautiful journey of living with God. This is the fellowship that Jesus was talking about. The picture of Jesus having all authority on the cross is reaffirmation to get back to God. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit to make it clear. God, folks, 
has a purpose for you and I. He has a purpose for my life. He doesn't say, well, and also, here's the purpose for you and Felicity. Uh, it doesn't do that. You know, God created Felicity as uniquely uh, for himself. He brings us together as husband and wife. Great. But there is a purpose in our lives. That's what God came to do. The good news is, folks, we can have that lovely fellowship with God. We don't have to try and earn it like some religion. Oh, I've got to do so many good work, da 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 da. That's not what God is saying. We are able to see the beauty of God's care for all and for us to live in peace. You know, we can be God's conduit, God's agency in the community. That's what He wants. Every place that you're at, wherever that might be in our community, that's where God has put you. So you become God's agent in the midst of that. What is that like for you? What is it like for you? What is it like for me? And you know what? We can overcome suffering through Jesus Christ. No better example than the suffering of Jesus, who has authority of all things. How can I moan about the suffering that I go through? Yet when I'm looking at Jesus and I'm thinking, by goodness, we can, we can overcome suffering. So the first picture is about the visibility of assurance of our faith. The second picture is the promise of the Holy Spirit to be with us to help us complete our faith. Isn't that wonderful? It is finished, and guess what? Ah, but you know what? I know you guys, and you need somebody to help you along. So I'm going to gift you the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! I don't know about you. I'm just so sick and dumb. I need the Holy Spirit every day. That's the whole story. The second picture is the Holy Spirit coming to help us complete our faith. Are you trouble? Well, don't. The Spirit of God says, I know. I know how you're feeling. Just trust me. The Son's proclamation, it is finished, means we now have the Holy Spirit's presence in us to complete our faith. In John 14, 15, 17, it says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Who is that? Amen. I didn't write that up. That's what the Lord is saying. I'm going to give you a helper. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. Be encouraged in your walk with God. The Spirit of God comes to make us able to do the things that we need to live every day of our lives. Jesus cares about how you live today. Jesus cares about how you live tomorrow. And he cares about you how you live in 40 years time. But let's not go to sleep today. He still wants us. 
to be working with him together. The Holy Spirit regenerates life in us by giving birth to our spirit. You got a dead spirit? Jesus will provide it for you. I know how it's often I know myself when I'm down. And when I'm down, I sometimes think, I'll be a hermit. I'll go out, be a hermit, and I'll go out and just trying to, to get myself back into normality. Some of you like to go out for a walk and Mount Moniah, you know, just to get yourself up and going. We need that Spirit of God. But God is saying, I'm with you. He empowers us to live our lives. Oh my goodness, that's so important. We have so much pressure of life. You know the pressures that you're going through right now. But God says, if you're going through it, just trust me. I will empower you to live every day. If it comes down like that, then every day becomes... If it comes to an hour, every, that's, that, that, that's what is important. The Spirit empowers us for Christian service. Of course He does. Nobody can do what you're doing without the Spirit of God. But the Spirit said, I'll empower you. You want to go and talk to your neighbor? Tell them about me. I'll give you the courage to go and do so. We just have to make ourselves available to do so. He empowers us towards holiness. Holiness? Well, I alluded earlier about God is a holy God. I can't look God. You know, you try and look the sun. Maybe it'll give you an idea of what looking at God might mean. I don't know. But I do know that the holiness of God is complete. And it's only possible because of his son Jesus coming to this world. He empowers us. He helps us to conduct our lives. Behavior is important to God. What happens in our lives is important to God. Whether you're old or young, it doesn't matter. God says, I care about how you behave amongst everything. And this is how we know because he tells us in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what's the last one? Oh, you are so good. The question is, the question is, how is that performing in your life? That's the question, isn't it? Oh, wow. But the, that's the word that God is saying. Hey, I care. But that's, those are the bits. That it, have I got it? Have I got it? Have you got it? The fruit of the Spirit is important. The Holy Spirit gives evidence of God's presence in this world. It is finished, completes its purpose of being in the cross. Jesus on the cross has saved our relationship with God. Jesus on the cross has saved our relationship with each other. That is me and the Cullens. You know, to be put it in quite specific term, it's only through Jesus that here we are enjoying fellowship with God because I would not have known him. I come from Samoa. They're here in Whangarei. Where else are you coming from? But it's the Spirit of God that brings this relationship that enables us to work. And here's the final thing about that. Jesus on the cross has saved the world. Now, the world has got a lot to learn. And it will happen. On the cross, we see the sacrificial love of God. 
We see the brokenness of mankind, but also God's grace. We see our need to be loved and God's expression of love. We see a picture of how we're meant to live our lives from this time forward. Finally, folks, what do Jesus' last word means for us today? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? They mean that Christ has overcome. He has won the victory over death and that through him we too are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. You are a child of God as you come to know him. You are a conqueror through Jesus Christ. We have been set free. Hallelujah. He paid the price and there's nothing that you can do outside of that to bring about this God's favor of love. No, you can't earn it. Beautiful. And you know, we don't have to live under the weight of condemnation, guilt, and shame. Yeah, we don't. We have a purpose, hope, eternal lives through Jesus Christ. Well, what amazing reassurance those words can give us. We don't have to do anything. Can you believe it? Can you believe that? It really is unbelievable that God would allow his son to take our sins in the way that he did. What a love. The very reason and purpose he came to the earth was finished. The final act of obedience was complete. The scripture has been fulfilled. These three words enable us to enter into eternal life and fellowship with God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that this morning. Thank you, Lord, for that this morning. And you're wondering, what's he going to do? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to want you to do. Here, a bit of response, I think. I've created a couple of stations. As I think about this, what could be our response be to this message of it is finished? And I'm thinking the way that we normally pray, like this morning we've had prayer of intercession, prayer of, you know, asking God. And I'm thinking, well, um, it is finished. What does it mean for you? And I want you to think about, oh, Lord, what can I say about you? You know, you could be thinking about thanking God and this idea of thank you, God, for this, thank you, that. You may be thinking about that. So I've created a station that you can come up and you can write whatever it might be, and you stick it on the, on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the cross. It may be that, oh, there's something I want to say sorry about. You can do that. Right then, oh, Lord, I just want to say sorry about this. Oh, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. It could be something like that. Or it could be you're wanting the Holy Spirit to help you with something. So the helpful prayers, the prayers of asking God, you know. Or there could be something that you just want to adore God. You just want to say, oh, Lord, you are so beautiful. You can write it down your piece of paper and put it on the, on the cross. Or it could be there are people that you're thinking about right now. And it may be just writing their names down and you're asking God this morning, would you be with X, Y, and Z? Or it could be 
interceding on behalf. This whole variety of things in response. So I'm going to invite you, uh, as Felicity just play some music. Uh, give you a little bit of time to think about it. And if you do, uh, just stick up, post it, and then I'll draw us back together again.